Hello, 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 and welcome to this topical life today. Again, y'all, we got Kevin Shaw and his, yes, better half, Angie Shaw, here with us today to talk about the amazing uh, therapy place, which that's not technically, it's called Bright Ways Counseling Group. <laughs> the amazing therapy place. <laughs> Uh, aka um tagline yeah that's why that's your tagline you're welcome so after talking with kev about his journey last week i thought that i would want to i wanted to expand more on not only just the amazing beginning of how brightway started and just the the flow of how that happened but also just what's going on in the world of counseling and just have Kev put on his, um, Kev and Angie put on their, their business slash therapy slash counselor slash whatever, um, hats to talk about what is going on in the counseling world, as far as what you're seeing with the pandemic and post pandemic and things that people are struggling with that is, seems to be a con- consistent theme. And I think I share with you that my thought was, is just that anyone who's listening, that they would feel like, oh, okay, people are going in to see people for these reasons, you know? Um, so with that said, how did, do you guys have anything to say before we start, before I start asking questions? I don't think so. Do you have anything? No, but just listening to the last podcast, I, I loved hearing when Tiff and I met and yeah, anyways. Yeah. yeah. I just love you, Tiff. You're awesome. Oh, I love you too. Don't have me cry. <laughs> you don't live here. I'm so sucks you don't live here. But I know. Like, I know. I, I can't, by the way, I can't laugh that much because I oh. had dentist, I had a dentist appointment and the stuff is wearing off in my mouth. I can't open my mouth like fully. Oh. So just FYI. <laughs> So like, <laughs> don't make you laugh. Huh? I'm like, oh my god, it hurts so bad. <laughs> okay, seriously though, seriously, funny. let's get back to it. Get back to business here. No fun for us. Okay. Um, what would you say, as like Kev and and Angie, like how you came to start Right Ways? Like, what was happening for you guys, and what were you seeing in the counseling world, which that that office is needed to get people seen and that kind of thing. Like how did Brightway start basically? Well, uh, you know, um, you know, it kind of, you know, it kind of, it's kind of a segue from our previous yeah. you know, podcast where, um, you know, where I was saying, I felt like that I wasn't hearing directly from God, mm-hmm. but God would lead me and I wouldn't understand. I don't know if you remember that. I do. And, um, well, this was definitely and lead you in ways that you won't understand. Yeah. Yeah. The the last time I really felt I had clear, clear message was I'm with you in ways that you can't understand and I will lead you and you won't understand. And, uh, that was, uh, in my twenties. So, uh, late twenties. So fast forward here, I'm working for the County. I'm a supervisor. It's 2000, you know, uh, 16 going into 17 and, um, things really, you know, were, were growing great, uh, at the County, you know, I was, uh, started off in crisis and I went on the crisis team and I went into the uh, adult therapy and, you know, then, 
then, you know, became a supervisor and everything was crazy awesome. And then things really took a turn. And I just had a lot of internal um, disagreements with staff and uh, the people that I was supervising with uh, was expressing um, dissatisfaction with, you know, me as our supervisor and then uh, my supervisor, he and I um, had disagreements and it was very a non-glorious experience for about a year. And, um, and it got to the point where Angie and I finally, well, Angie luckily was saying, look, I don't want you to be miserable anymore. Um, and I think there was such a golden handcuff type situation with the county because they had benefits and health insurance and retirement and, and all this. So Angie finally was like, I don't want you to be miserable. So, you know, maybe we look at, you know, doing something different. And so at that time I, you know, looked at starting a new private practice and I, and, and in September, 2017 started Brightways counseling group. And, um, so, uh, it was really just me going out and starting a counseling practice. I got full really quick um, because of my connections in the community, and uh, and I was off and running. And uh, but then what was happening was is we 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 were ha- we were unsuccessfully uh, working with billing companies that weren't collecting money for us, mm. and um, and we just. Uh, I was telling Angie, I was like, look, I need you to get in there and do this. You can do this. And she, she's a professional photographer and was running her own business. And, um, and I was like, gosh, if there's any way you could do this, she's like, I'm not, I can't, you know, Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get, um, I didn't do his billing. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Oh yeah. And so I, what I did is I went out and found what I thought to be a better billing company that really all they did was just charge a whole bunch and they weren't really any better than they were a little bit better than the first one, but after a while I was like, got a couple bills and I was like, really? Like all they're doing is sending these in. Like I can probably figure this out. So I remember sending in one claim and I was like, I'm going to track that one claim and make sure it gets paid. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to teach myself how to do it. So I just started doing it. And this was like my off season, like when I wasn't as busy with photography. So it kind of made sense. I mean, we needed to pay the bills and my photography was, you know, decent, but it wasn't paying the bills, big bills. So, um, so yeah, that's how I got involved. And I, Kevin was getting so burnt out. We weren't getting paid. He was literally like, I don't know, you're pricing seven to eight clients a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was intense. That's quite a bit. So he didn't have time to chase down insurance companies. He didn't have time to make the logo, to do the branding, to, you know, follow up on claims that didn't go through and call clients and run credit cards. And I mean, it's just like a lot of stuff. So I'm like, I can't do counseling, but I can help you help more people. And that's how I came in. Yeah. And I remember in this process, I remember thinking, she's really detail oriented and she loves money. So she's perfect. She's perfect. <laughs> she likes tracking. I mean, let's clarify this. It's not like yeah, she's, she's like, perfect. give me the money. She's like, you owe me money. Like, get settle oh, yeah. what's right. Settle, settle what's owed kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I, I had a sign above my desk in the office for a long time. It was really my photography office at first, but then it moved into the office and all it says is hustle. Yeah. Hustle. And then I got this nickname at the office. Kevin just started calling me ATM. Angie's, take, Angie's taking money because it was like, okay, well, I can't yeah, laugh. Well, I can't this, so. ATM. Oh, ATM. I can't. I can't. <laughs> so really, 
so in 2017 was to me what marked when I saw the business because you know we keep in fairly good touch, you know, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and you invited us to go to the beach. And oh, yeah. what what year was that? That was 2019. That was 2019. Yeah. Okay. So you went from. I feel like I didn't hear so much about you doing the practice stuff until that 2019 until we disappeared at a coffee shop <laughs> literally like five hours and we're like sorry i gotta finish payroll I and literally i dumped you with the kids and it, that was like the worst that was one of the that was intense that might have been the worst for you but it was absolutely my highlight <laughs> because because i saw something happening that was like what is going on because you guys had you guys were so like in enmeshed in it you know because of just yeah. surviving basically mm-hmm. that I was like, what? Like you're, what do you need to do? Like what? And then all of a sudden it was just, you have employees. Like, yeah. Like how many, wait. And then like the next day would be like, how many more do you have again? Like they were just signing up like left and right. Like every time I saw you, it was like like, this year, that year I was like, Kev, what's going on here? Um, but to the word hustle though. And I, this is hustle is a weird word for me because I, can work hard and do a hustle, right? I can do that. I have that side to me, but for some people, when it becomes all about the hustle, they can lose track of maybe what isn't like what may be happening or maybe a direction that a different way, direction to go, like being open to a different direction makes basically saying just because you work hard, doesn't mean you necessarily going to get pay hard. Or you're working, or people will say, "Well, how did you do da 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 da?" Well, I worked hard. I, I get, I got what I worked for. Well, that's not always the case for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So, so in watching you guys, and what was so amazing about watching your business grow was the fact that you were, in a sense, hustle, but the things were coming to you, mm-hmm. and because of that, it was making you be like, you wanted it, so you're going to go for it. And then it propelled you into this, this situation to where, yes, maybe, you know, it was overwhelming at times. Right. But at that time you did feel like you were doing something that you wanted to do. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think that's, what's cool. And I remember uh, once, so let's just, let's just say right now, from 2019, can you explain how much the business has grown to right now? Like where it started and to what it is right now. Can you say that? Can you do that? Uh, yeah. From 2000. Well, it's really from 2018, but okay. Yeah. From 2018. Our yeah. first employee of September, 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay. And today I believe we have 65 employees, right? No, it is. Yeah. Remember we ran those stats. It was like we grew I know. 200. And- I know. It's probably in your emails. Yeah, it was. I think we sent it to um, uh-huh. SBA. Yeah, yeah, sent it to SBA. We 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 actually have those numbers, um, but I don't have them in front of me. Right. Um, if if we're while well, she's looking, I can give you broad strokes. Yeah. Um, so in 2018, we hired our first person, and um, and then you know I, I would say by the end of 2000. Well, that was September 2018 that we hired our first person. So it was really right. It was about 2019. And going into about 2019, we probably hit, I'd say by the end of 2019, we maybe hit seven or eight, 
you know, um, maybe five or six clinicians. We probably, we had Melissa by then. Yeah. Well, like in April or May. April. Yeah. And yeah. basic, but really the best, the best way to describe it is since September, 2018, we have hired one person every month since then. Wow. Sometimes way more than that. And sometimes two. We're going to have three psychiatric nurse practitioners start next month. Wow. Just in one month. That's not a regular thing, but they've been kind of been backed up. But yeah, we've we've gone to a point where um, if you look at how many employees we have, we are we are on a pace. It continues to be on a pace of hiring at least one person a month. Wow. And then how many facilities do you have? We have four now. We've yes. got, so we have three uh, in Central Oregon, one in Woodburn, mm-hmm. and then our uh, psychiatric team is all telehealth and they're kind of just spent all over the country. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Susan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she's, she's her a couple times. She's, she's like, I was like, hey, listen, I'm Kevin's sister. Please tell me what, like me telling her that I'm your sister is going to matter. Like, you know what I mean? She's oh, just does. like, who is this chick? You know, she's sweetheart. And yeah, she's, she's like, sweet. she came on when we had no benefits we didn't need, I mean, I had a hard time billing because she used different codes than the therapist. So I had to figure all that out. And there was a long time where she didn't get paid as much as she was supposed to. And then it had to catch up and man, she, uh, she pretty much kicked off our psychiatry. Mm-hmm. She was like a That's guinea good. pig and now it's running great. And we have five, five or six. Yeah. Seven? Well, I don't know. Well, well, by the time those three start, I think we'll be up. There's to such a need for yeah psychiatric providers, uh, uh, medicine providers that, um, mm-hmm. they're just in really high need. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they would be, you know, life's just so easy right now, but with that, like that was, you know, then 2020, then pandemic, like hardcore with that. That the, was kind of scary. The, the fascinating thing with the pandemic that happened with, with us is, I, I think that it, it was, I, I kept saying we were like ants, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you just scatter them and they just keep coming back and building and everything. Our group was amazing. And, and this was a time where we, 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 we increased our size during a pandemic, like over 200% during the pandemic. Wow. And the, the, it makes sense now when you think about it, like, wow, it's really tough. But what was happening is the infrastructure wasn't set up for it because people couldn't go to get therapy. So we pivoted like instantly to telehealth. We, we, we bought everybody new laptops that had the top cameras. We were doing, you know, we were looking on YouTube on how to get the best visuals. So we were doing um, training with our staff on where to put the light you know, what background to put in, where's the camera angle need to be. I mean, this is just like a complete and total scramble um, to get therapy available by telehealth, which um, at that time, everybody was shrinking, but we were just expanding like crazy. Right. And if you see like all the other groups in this area and area, there were people that were getting laid off. We were like hiring people like crazy. Um, and part of that was because of the relationships we have with our referral sources, our primary care physicians. Um, but also it's been because of, you know, we just were really, really um um, we were hustling. Yeah, you know, we were we proactive yeah. because a lot of groups just like stopped. And for like a week, it was like uh, the referral stopped. 
people like were in their homes doing telehealth, but you know, not everybody had done telehealth before. So it was like technical stuff. We had to get new laptops. We went to everybody's house and delivered them a, or we delivered them like a thank you pack. Yeah. And the just trying to keep morale up. Cause it was so depressing, yeah. you know, and then, and then everybody kind of started to hit a groove and people were just operating out of their homes um, I don't think anyone. Oh, was and then we had Wi-Fi issues Wi-Fi, where yeah. we had everybody awesome. needed to upgrade their packages because the streaming wasn't strong enough, and mm-hmm. you know that's when everybody in the neighborhood was using it, so it would go down certain days. <laughs> you know, one o'clock. You know, it's I know like, seriously. Yeah, the kids are bored. You know, and, and uh, so um, it was an interesting time, but. I think that first phase, um, you know, people are really busy right now in counseling. We've been busy the whole time. We've literally, to me, we've been on the same pace since March, 2000, you know, 19, 19, um, to today. We, we literally have just been like this, which that makes sense because even for, Like I was trying to get a couple appointments for different things just in the psych world, even in just like regular stuff, you know, just doctor visits, it's all backed up. But I mean, people, some people would say, oh, well, the pandemic's over, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, "Mm, I think the repercussions are far, 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 far from over. And so I was wondering, like, as far as psychological, right. Um, I mean, thinking about what kids have endured, you know, a lot of parents, you know, there's just all these, these issues and hurts and God knows what happened, you know? Mm -hmm. So have you seen a trend? I mean, you've, the trend has stayed high, but like, have you seen a trend in certain areas that people are going to see counseling for, or is that like, or is it the same thing? Like what, what's kids kids are in a huge need and we're, we're trying to hire more kid therapists. I think we have, a long waiting list at all of our places right now. But uh, the scheduler said that there was like out of a hundred people on a waiting list, there was like 80 kids waiting to get in that already had all their paperwork in. They're just waiting. So I would say kids is the biggest need. And there's not a lot of kid therapists that we're finding. It's a, I think we have three or four, five, maybe that see like under 12 age kids. Cause that's a different kind of skill set, but I, I don't know. I, what are you seeing? I uh, definitely, I think the kids and for Teens, multiple probably. reasons, you know, I mean, they've been at home and then they, you know, the, the parents are busy. I, I, I mean, I think the, if you look at, I mean, you know, we, we, you know, we have kids, you know, and uh, so no one's immune to this, you know, I mean, it's <clears throat> a, a pandemic hit kids are isolated. Um, they're not in school uh, or they're getting on the telehealth and they're not getting their, you know, their education. They're not getting stimulated by their friends. I mean, this is a mess. And teachers, there was no in-person school. So if there is uh, abuse or child protective services, the teachers weren't reporting for they, like a year. They didn't see them. They so, didn't see the kids. So now that they're back in school, you know, all those kids that were really, really struggling, you know, now they're, you know, needing help. But for a year, they all those things were just undetected. It was kind of like you saw two extremes because some of the kids, it was interesting, some of the kids that were struggling stopped struggling because they were spent more time with their family. Mm. So okay. yeah. you had you had a tale of two cities. And then you had the other side where it got worse. And, right. I, and I remember one kid that I was doing 
some work with who was, he was helping other people. He's a very, uh, very successful kid in high school and just, you know, really um, future oriented. And, um, but this, this, and this is somebody that I knew outside of the context of counseling. And he ended up coming into counseling during pandemic and was completely had digressed to the point of, he became the person that he was helping before. You know, and um, and we were talking about, you know, problems with desire of wanting to live, lack of purpose, you know, high anxiety. So it this thing takes people and puts them in a different, a whole different realm. And they're dealing with, you know, isolation. They're, they're just dealing with different stressors, you know, and where kids were succeeding in one environment. Uh, because of whatever reason they weren't, they, they're, they're not, and they're climbing their way out now. So, mm. um, and uh, so that's, I think that's the big thing. And of course the parents, they're struggling because, you know, when your kids are struggling, there's nothing worse than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then I think you and I even experienced this where Avery, you know, uh, 10 years old at the time, you know, she's going to school, we're working. So mm-hmm. she's, you know, has this odd camera thing, and then her parents are busy, right? So she's spending a lot of time by herself, which is not healthy, right? And we're we're running a counseling practice. We're sitting there going, we can't let her spend this much time by herself. Yeah, you know. And uh, and I mean, when I say by herself, she's literally down the hall. But you know, we're we're busy. You know, we're not there with her. She has no interaction. You know, and uh, and it it took a toll. I mean, she's she struggled with sadness. Um, and she's lonely. real social. Yeah. yeah. She felt like we were neglecting her sometimes. And um, yeah, I mean, just when we told her she's going back to school, she like bawled. Yeah. Yeah. Like of happiness. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was really emotional. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those are the types of things that all parents are dealing with. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, and, and then and we were lucky because we were able to be here. Yeah. Know? I mean, some um, we I know for a fact that, you know, there were kids that were taking care of their brothers and sisters. Oh, yeah. While their no parents doubt. Were yeah, because they couldn't work from home. The right. parents are gone, you know, yeah. and and and, I, and I, when I say for a fact, I, I did not talk to any of those kids, but I talked to people who were teachers and, you know, that, you know, they they knew I mean, they did. They knew, but they didn't know. But they knew mm-hmm, that, sure. you know, that. You know, that 11 year old or that 12 year old was taking care of a five year old, Yeah. you know, and the parent was gone or or even more more like, you know, like a toddler in a mm-hmm. in a in an elementary school. I mean, I think um, one one of the teachers said that, you know, they they actually the kid said, I can't go to school right now. I'm take taking care, of my, care of my kids. You know, I can't get any work done. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, the, all of that stuff takes a toll and and. What, but the kids that you're not hearing from are the ones that are being taken care of by these young kids and what, what's going on with them, right. you know, and it's just, a, um, you know, it, 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 all the superlatives apply, you know, but I think if you were to sum it all up, um, when you're talking about financial instability, when you're talking about isolation and you're talking about unpredictable um things that keep changing and changing and changing. That's a recipe for mental illness mm-hmm. right there. It's a recipe for anxiety. It's a recipe for depression. Um, and it's a recipe for broken relationships. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 so we're seeing all of that. We're seeing it now. And I think you're right. 
the flood is now it's a rip the tidal wave is coming in now because yeah because it was survival yeah it's survival right. and you're on um uh what survival mechanisms and all that kind of stuff i mean there's yeah. been many times in my life where it's like oh god i'm coming down it's almost worse than yeah. being in it yeah you know for me and some of the things i've gone through but i don't think that i can speak for everybody obviously but for yeah. kids i think it's like twofold you know, yeah. I mean, uh, it's just, it's just tough. It's really heartbreaking to think about, you know, and, and I think it's also important to know too. I just, is, is that we, we, we go to a counselor for Avery. Like, mm. I mean, you know, it's no one's immune to this, oh, you sure. know, we're not, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're just like everybody else. And, you know, when I was as a counselor, you know, I would tell people that, you know, there is no reason why I'm on this side of the, you know, of the desk or the sofa, you know, than you is just, we just, you know, had different paths, yeah. you know, I'm not better. I'm not smart. I'm just, I've had a different path. And so our path has been through the pandemic and we've go to a counselor with Avery and she's, you know, she's, she's, you know, she's a great kid and smart and everything, but I mean, Jesus, you know, when you're in a boat and it's rocking, you get dizzy. Mm-hmm. I know. You know? Well, there is, I mean, as far as like what you're saying about uh, some of the good family moments and stuff like that, I definitely feel like with us, like your family and ours, like we definitely combined forces and Mm -hmm. tried to make the best of it, you know, and through the ice storm, through the fires, through all that with the pandemic. And I mean, I know the kids really bonded, you know, they'll always have that. And, And there's something that you said, Kev, too, that that really stuck, stuck with me. And it was, um, with kids these days, as they go on to be older, they will always remember these times of when they had to wear masks, when they were going through this in school, where they were all put in the same experience, essentially. I mean, obviously different experiences, but everybody was experiencing this and they'll always have that bond, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that really helped me to, I don't know, for something like that struck me when in the conversations of whatever that I was like, yeah, it's true. Like in thinking about the positive for the kids part, yeah, like, yeah, like when they're going to school and they're all wearing masks, like you're not the only one just wearing the mask, you know, everyone's feeling this way. It's just, it sucks. It is blah, blah, blah. Like, but that's a bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Might be a trauma yeah, Avery, bond, but it <laughs> still talks about country tiff camp and sun river and oh God! Do we that, have... I mean, we we're just trying uh, to like country survive. Tip. Country tip. <laughs> country tip. Um, <laughs> country tip. Joey still talks about that. So. Oh, Avery still talks you about it. You're a like legend, a legend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so. It was. That was a good part. That was a good part. But I was out of my freaking mind. Yeah, I know. Country tip came out because I was at my absolute wit's end. So you never know what comes out at your worst, right? Squeeze a grape. You'll find out what's inside. (laughs) It wasn't wide. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So um, what are some like being therapist and and Angie, just hearing on the outside of what you hear in therapy, do you have, you know, there's obviously people that are listening that can't get to a therapist right now, or they're on the waiting list or anything like that. What would you say would be a good interim of helping a parent feel like they're doing something for their kid that 
since they can't get into counseling or maybe they can't afford it counseling, you know, what are some things that they can do that, you know, guarantee that will help a kid? Well, I, I think the, the biggest thing is to get them around healthy peers. Okay. You know? um, mm-hmm. So, and it's not just around somebody try and find, be strategic about who, you know, they're, they're hanging out with because a healthy peer can be, can make, you know, the kids listen to each other, you know, and, and they, 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 they are who they're around, you know, they're, they're catching it. So healthy peer is really healthy, healthy family family is really, it it does help to have a healthy family because uh, if the parents have been around, then the kids are probably coping better with the environment. You know, if there is structure and guidance, um, uh, we do know, we, like we've seen, we've seen kids that Avery really, really liked a lot, but, because of this situation, a lot of the kids have been spending so much time on social media and, you know, mm-hmm. and they've kind of changed and then they've been left alone. And then, you know, there's, so I think finding somebody that, you know, they can hang out with and connect with is helpful. Um, I, I think one of the things that I heard early on is, um, is having being, you know, there, there was this thing, this idea of, you know, the, the idea of these rules and these screen time rules and these best parenting practices is set those aside and make sure that your relationship is good with your kids. So um, if, if you, if they're not feeling connected with you, go find what they like to do and go do it. Like if, if you're worried about sweets and they're eating, go get them some, it, it, you know, connect with them and whatever you can do, find a way to connect with them. That's the most important thing because the parent is the lifeblood of that child. So if, if, you know, the rules are not as important, that's, mm-hmm. that's really is, is I remember there's just set the rules aside and, and make sure that you're connecting and mm-hmm. being around isn't enough. Watching TV with them isn't enough. It's actually connecting with them. And some kids it's wrestling with them. Mm-hmm. Some kids it's giving them what they want, <laughs> you know, um, other kids it's, it's spending time with them just, um, and, and sometimes you make them do stuff with you that they don't want to do, but you, and, and you, you, you get them to do things and it slows you down, but that's okay. You know, you just, you get them involved, get that connection time, super key. You know, they, they, what we can do for our kids is amazing. And I'll tell you, there's a therapy approach that I learned and it was to help teens with depression and suicidal thinking. And, um, the strategy, <clears throat> was to, if I were to sum it all up, is to have an authentic connection with the parent. Mm-hmm. And I remember like usually the very first session that I would do this particular type of intervention and I had questions I would ask. I had the whole thing set up, but at the end, there was usually this, this moment of connection and suicidal thinking and depression just went away. Like just, whoosh, wow. you know, and an authentic moment with a parent can create such stability that you could have weeks of bad interactions with kids, but an authentic moment of connection can last for months. So I would say that is the best thing they can do. Throw the rule book aside, get the authentic connection, and then add some of the stuff in. Don't worry. Their teeth are going to be okay. Don't get into power struggles. Really, you know, don't ditch it. But at the same time, don't let that get in the way of the relationship right now. You know, getting through this until your kid stabilizes, that's what you need to do. 
That's pretty powerful to say, you know, because I think as parents, especially right now, trying to catch up to like, you know, during the pandemic, everyone's kind of isolated. So it's like, you don't really understand, you don't really know what might be going on in a different someone's family, like how behind they might be in certain areas or blah, blah, blah. You're not getting these appointments, blah, 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 blah. But being a mother of the house of father of the house or those kind of things, it's like, okay, we're all back in school now. Everything's back to normal. No, it's not back to normal, but yet we're expecting our kids to be back to normal because we, we don't want them to fail behind. We want them to catch up. We want them to feel normal. We want them to feel all these things. And then, it, then you're losing track of, it sounds like what you're saying is like, and then you lose track of what's really important just because mm-hmm. everything's open up and just because everything is so-called back to normal and it's not that, I don't know what I'm saying. So, well, I think maybe, you know, to kind of say, when you go back to normal, normal wasn't easy for kids. Right. 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 So they're coming out of this, you know, this tornado and, um, and they may or may not feel a strong, strong connection with their parents. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, but that is the most important thing. And, um, and so uh, as they're leaving the tornado of pandemic, they're going back to the you know, life as being normal, which is normally difficult for kids. You know, there's, they're worried about what people think of them. They're, you know, they're talking about, they're saying things bad about each other. I mean, they're just kind of out of control with the way that their feelings are and the way things that they're saying. And, you know, and, and so learning to be a friend, you know, blah, 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 blah. But that, that, that parent connection is so key. And, um, one thing I was going to add to that too, that I noticed was we have like a community page on our, um, like on Facebook that I follow through like the schools and stuff. And some parents will get on there and be like, you know, my kid, you know, there's used to be like so many complaints, like, why does this kid, I mean, not specific kids, but like, why is this so important that this kid does this? And then that does that like so political about certain little things. And now you get on there and it's like this, it's like my kid came to home to school. He got made fun of because he didn't wear the right clothes or whatever. And we just don't have a lot of money. And, you know, do you think I should contact the school or whatever? And I don't know how many, I don't know, like 70 people responded with where's your house. I'll get you clothes. What, what is he like? What is, you know, like, well, I'll help you absolutely tell the other pa- Oh yeah. Because that parent was wanting to know if she should tell the other parent that the kid was bullying that kid. Mm-hmm. And like, all of us were like, yeah, totally. Like talking about grace, talking about, uh, that we're basically got that feeling of like, these parents are a tribe. Like we're like surviving together and we're on each other's side because the kids are so effed up, if you will, like in a lot of ways mm-hmm. that that was refreshing. That is, that really is. So should we hold on to that little golden yeah, nugget too? Cool. Yeah. I think so. uh, like another <clears throat> tool for parents when they're trying to connect with their kids, it's also too, it's like hard to know when to listen to them because if they're saying, no, get away, I don't want to hang out with you, I don't want to talk to you, that doesn't necessarily mean get away, go away. You know, it, 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 sometimes you say, okay, well, I tell you what, can we get together later? You know, you kind of have to, if, if, if for, depending on the kids, you know, if you listen to them, you'll never hang out with them ever again in your whole life. That's, you know what, (laughs) that's a hard truth, but it's true. They just, they're in this mode of like, get away. I want to be alone. Do this. Mm -hmm. You're not cool. I'm embarrassed. And, and so sometimes you just have to say, 
you have to negotiate. You say, okay, well, how about this? After this, da, da, da. you kind of work your way in there. And in worst case scenario, you just say, this is what's going to happen today. You know, and uh, today at 10, we're going to go do this, you know, and you know why? Because I love you and I hope that you'll have a good time. I, in fact, tell me if you want to do something else, but we're going to do something together today. And they can be miserable the whole time. But if you're sitting there telling them, you know what, I love you, I care about you, and I'm just, just a shot in the dark, I'm trying to spend quality time with you, and you're coming with me, and I don't care, and we're going to do it. You know, and what your option in right now is to tell me what you want to do, not whether we're going to hang out together. You know, and that's, that is what they need. They need it just straight in the face, like, I love you, we're going to spend time together. You know, or I care about you. I need to know what is going. I need to know what happened today. You know, once you put your phone down, you can have your phone. Once you tell me what happened today, what's going on? What'd you learn today? You know, you pester them, you know, and, and, but you, you give, give back at the same time. You have to fight your way into their life sometimes. Yeah. But that's Such fighting is what lets them know that you care. Yeah. I'm just like picturing myself with some of the conversations I've had with the kids. It's like throwing darts in the air. Don't know where it's going to land, you know, and you yeah. don't really know if it's going to be, you know, and it's so draining you know, to hear yeah. no, to hear no. Well, I don't want to do that. And then, and then you think to yourself, well, if I was a kid, I would have loved to da, 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 da. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like this war that goes on in your head. And then it's literally like, there have been times where I have patted myself on the back being like, Tiff, did a good job there, girl. You did it. You got that kid to smile. Like we're yeah. good. Like yeah. that is like literally the greatest accomplishment. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's like that hard, right? Yeah. Hard. God. Yeah. It's so hard. It's, it's not really with nine-year-olds though. You know, they're up for anything, but yeah. yeah. But yeah. when you start hitting those like teen tween teens, yeah we're there yeah yeah it's like uh he went through one he's luckily off in college mm -hmm. yeah he's pretty self-sufficient yeah. but it's like they're nine years apart so it's like wow we just survived it i can't imagine like i mean you have two teenagers mm -hmm. close together that is really difficult I don't because think so at all. I don't think so at all. I think it's so easy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. At least when Saul was going through it, Avery was just, you know, little A baby. So she had, you know, she's easy in that sense. You know, two teenagers, that's tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, what's cool is when you can get them to fight with each other, you know, that's what's awesome. Oh, <laughs> love it. <laughs> Love it. It becomes entertainment. <laughs> well, what you do is you put them in the same room and be like, I don't want you guys are not coming out of this room till it's figured out. End yeah. of story. I'm done. Yeah. Done. Figure it out yourself. Figure <laughs> it out yourself. Lock my, go in my room, lock my door and no one's coming in. Of course mm. they find the key and they open the door anyway. But anyways, <laughs> it's just, I think, I think that's the biggest thing that you're saying is just to, Re rephrase what you're saying to the parents is find the authentic connection mm -hmm. along with forcing them to, if they're not, if they're not wanting to connect and they're pushing you away, you still have to push, push harder. Yeah. To the point where you tell them this is what's going to happen. If you have to, if they won't, if they won't let you, you know, if they won't let you in after, you know, not, 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 you know, I mean, just 
working on it, like negotiating, say, okay, well, I know you want to do this now, but what about later? When can we do something? Da, da, da. And they're not, they're diverting, changing their mind. Da, da, da. You say, okay, well, today, this is what we're doing. You know, today at 11, you got a choice what you want to do, but we are going to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of have to, it, it, that's at the end, you know. That's last resort. Last resort, but do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But do but it. Do okay. It. Yeah. So have you seen some relationships through therapy that 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 scenario that you just described with the end part of being like making them do it or just encouraging it really extra extra strong have you seen relationships changed by that through sessions and stuff well yeah and i have to tell you i haven't i mean i we you know angie and i have been really kind of on the business side of it on the business yeah, side sure. of it for a couple of years you know um but the um but the the part of the authentic connection um piece is both personally counseling uh, parents and, you know, with that attachment-based family therapy and seeing the change in their, their child with that connection. And then also listening to counselors that were saying, you know what, just make sure, make sure you're connecting with your child, set the rules aside. You know, it, you know, it, there was, it was 45 minutes on screen time. You know, well, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, set that aside. You got to help your kid get through COVID here, you know, do what you need to do, but make sure that relationship is intact. So um, I think it's been a um, it's it's building on the principle of attachment um, and helping the child connect with their parent. And that's that's a way of of making through making it through tough times. And the other thing I was going to say is, is and I and <clears throat> it's been really helpful to, uh, for kids to have a passion, you know, to be involved mm. in something they're interested in. <clears throat> I've seen archery. I've seen, um, you know, we've seen, you know, painting or arting or, or uh, art or music, um, athletics, basketball, you know, it was a little harder during pandemic when you didn't have that, but dancing is another one. Um, so uh, really spending time and helping them identify something that they're passionate about and encouraging them to, to do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would say authentic connection, positive peers, and uh, something to spend uh, some time uh, that they're passionate about. I think those, those three things are pretty good. Mm-hmm. If, if a parent can do that, they're going to be, they're going to probably be pretty successful while they're waiting to get to a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I just picture a parent just sliding into base, like, oh God, just hanging on for dear life, trying to just get through it. Well, you know, a lot of those those three things. If you still need counseling after that, then go for it. You know, and um, but those are those those right there will catch a lot of things. Mm, That's awesome. Severe, obviously, those things probably won't work. So you should call a crisis line, right? um, Well, yeah, or go to the ED or something. But yeah. Just FYI. So I have two last questions for you guys. Yep. Okay. We're uh, that we're going to close up with talking about uh, what it's like to be married and running a company together. Maybe <laughs> some advice there. Um, but before that, a serious subject in which I know a lot of parents worry about is, and I do myself a lot, and it is suicide. Um, and just the rise in suicides in our area during, especially during the pandemic. But the thing that struck me a lot with these uh, suicides is that the parents literally had no idea. And I have to be honest with you, like 
when I would hear a parent say we had no idea, I would compare myself and be like, would I, I think I would be a parent that would know. But at the same time, you hear these stories and you listen to the parents talk and they absolutely had no clue and they are hands-on involved, amazing families. Like what the heck? So what do you say to a parent? I mean, I remember like talking to you about suicide once and you said, usually when someone does commit suicide, they have already crossed the point of them deciding or not like they're not on the fence anymore. I don't know if that applies now. I don't know in that way with kids, like for instance, with my kid, with Joey, we've had several conversations about it. Like if you ever, ever thought you felt that you wanted to do that or the thoughts crossed your mind, do you have someone in your life that you could tell that to? Or like, know that those thoughts might, it went from, if you ever have a suicidal thought, tell somebody. But then I went to, if you ever have a suicidal thought, it's not, it's, it's okay. Doesn't mean that it's actually real. Like Mm -hmm. just, can you help with that? Like advice or just what you've seen? I mean, um, well, a couple of things. One is, is ask your kids if they've had suicidal thoughts, right? Okay. If they ever not wanted to live, right? That that's, that's to me is that needs to be the new sex conversation. Like mm-hmm. you have conversations about hygiene, sex and suicidal thinking, you know, and then sharing your feelings. Right. I mean, that's just like, if you're wondering, kids will tell you if they're having suicidal thoughts, if you ask, typically people will be honest about that. That for some reason is, as people are more honest about that than most things that you talk to them about. You think kids um, too? Um, well, I, I have to take that. I have to reel that back a little bit. Um, uh, some, you know, some. Uh, but definitely adults, but I, I will have to say, I'm sure it varies for kids, but if you, um, if you want to try and initiate and find out, you start by asking, that's the very first thing, because that opens up that line of, there's a lot of psychological aspects that normalizes it first and foremost. That's what you're trying to do. Like you're saying, Hey, it's, if you have the thought, it's okay. Just by asking, like, have you ever thought about not wanting to live? You know, that normalizes it. Just say, you know what? The people think that way. That's a good way to start to introduce that. Most people, most parents are afraid. Most people in general are afraid to talk about it because they think it will imprint an idea. Right. Bring it up. Mm -hmm. That might steer them. It's not true. That's absolutely not true. It actually, for anybody who's thinking about suicidal thoughts, it brings relief. Wow. Okay. That's good. It brings relief. So you're not going to plant ideas. What you're going to do is you're just going to say, hey, have you ever thought about not wanting to live? That right there will help them if they're if they're thinking that. If they're thinking that. And, And if they say, no, I've never felt that way before in my life, you still say, you know what? I just want you to know that if you ever want to talk about it, I'm here. I also, it's, you know, it's normal for, you know, you're not wanting to be here sometimes, you know, so it's like a hard life right now, you know, I mean, um, and, and open it up to maybe even a personal experience, you know, um, and that's the second thing I was going to say is, is, is that parents, 
need to be emotionally transparent with their kids. Um, that's what disconnects them from their kids. Hey, how are you doing? Da, 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 da. That's not what you giving me the download of what's going on with your day does not tell you what's going on with your kids. You know, it's if you're able to emotionally connect with them and read them, you know, and say, I notice that you're sad. You know, um, when you're identifying emotions that they're having and you're sharing your emotions, you're having those conversations. That's a, that's when you actually know what's going on with your kids, you know, um, and, and that's, and, and that can be happening naturally just by, you know, I'm really mad at you. You know, I'm really angry right now. I'm super sad. You know, you sharing parents, sharing their feelings with their kids. is so important. You know, that will help the kids when they're feeling isolated because it's their emotions that they're not communicating. They can give you a download. Well, they're not going to want to give you a download, but they can, you could get all the information you want out of those kids about who they talk to, what their friends say, do they have any homework? Are they behind? Are they, you know, this, that, and the other. But if you're not getting to frustrated, sad, isolated, lonely, you're not getting there. You don't really know what's going on. You know, and uh, and so that's when you're just you. Then the only way to get there is to, to for it to be safe, mm-hmm. right? Safe, like hey, I'm, you know, I felt, you know, I I know what it feels like to feel lonely. You seem really lonely right now. And I remember when I brought that out, in Avery, it's like I saw her raw loneliness come out, and it just shook me. Wow! You, know, you see your kids when they actually are transparent with their emotions. You that's when you'll know where they're at. You know, and then being able to talk about it and tell you that even if it doesn't really help in the moment, it kind of does because they can release some of that emotion out and Mm -hmm. and then it kind of makes them feel a little bit better. Yeah, totally. Totally. They feel connected. They're not. Yeah. And also I'm hearing that you're saying too that. Sorry, did I cut you off? No. Oh, that I just kind of felt like I needed to say that it's I think parents who are stay at home or parents that are working 40 hours a week or plus that it's not necessarily the amount of time you're spending with them. It's the quality of time that you're spending with them. I I totally agree with that because I think that um, I, 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 I can just say from personal experience, I could go weeks without really knowing what's going on with Avery. And I'm Mm -hmm. asking her every day, how's it going? Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, it's really not intuitive, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to really, know how to find that magic door and that magic door really is is being transparent creating safety and asking the difficult questions and being really intentional about spending special time with them like we've had to do that with avery just to really connect with her like Mm one-on-one it helps the relationship a lot a lot yeah and and to speak to that suicidal piece just so you know anybody you know, if you're worried that somebody's having suicidal thoughts or any of your friends or anybody, um, it, it always it, asking directly is the best way to go. That's the very first thing that I learned in crisis counseling is just go right into it. Um, it makes people feel better if they're experiencing it instantly. It's just really surprising how many people that I've said, have you thought about ending your life? And they get quiet and then they open up and it's just like, I can't even believe you just told me that. Like how many people do that? It's just sitting there. Wow. That's, that's, that's pretty powerful to know that, you know, like, Um, dang, it's kind of makes me sad though, too. Thinking about people 
thinking about that all the time and just asking that one question, you know, being Mm -hmm. that one person to ask, you know, like all the parents who said they had no idea, you know, if they had to, if they knew to ask that one question, but I'm like on the other side where I don't like to talk about it because I am not a therapist. So I do feel like sometimes if you talk about it or if like Avery hears about it on a movie, it's like, Oh, is that going to make her think about it? Like, it's kind of scary. Mm -hmm. You know, right. so I, I just like avoid it. You get in protection but, mode. Like, mm-hmm. but it's, it's true. It doesn't, it doesn't really protect them. It just keeps yeah. you uninformed. And a, and a good way to ask is you ever thought about not wanting to live? Mm-hmm. I think it's not like you ever think about killing yourself. I mean, you know, <laughs> kind of like, you know, you thinking about suicide, you know, I mean, yeah. these words are scary. Right. 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 So, and, and it's just like, Hey, have you ever thought about not wanting to live? Mm. You know, that's, that's a good way. Not wanting to be around, you know, these are, these are ways that we'll ask people, mm. you know, uh, so they don't feel like they're, you know, they're, it, it's, they're not being stigmatized, mm-hmm. you know? So do you ever thought about not wanting to live? That's a really good way to ask. I remember when, um, Joey was younger and we were starting to have like the sex conversations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Someone gave me really good advice. And it really helped. It was like, you're having a hard time speaking about stuff like this, suicide, sex, all that awkward parent <sighs> stuff uh, that you do it in a car where you're looking straight at the road, you know, and the kids kind of looking around. Yeah. And I remember I will never forget this. It was like, Joey was, the passenger side or the back or something like that. And, um, I was like kind of getting into it, you know, and I was so awkward that I like looked to my left. I was like, Oh, look at the cows. Like the, da, 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 da. <laughs> like, in my head, that's the cow conversation. Like yeah. I didn't take it anywhere. I was like, look at the cows. Oh yeah. That. Like he didn't want to talk. Obviously it was yeah. just like me just like, again, throwing darts, throwing darts. Yeah. Don't know where they're going, but they're out there. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so did you plan it that way or did it just come out when you were driving? I planned it. I was like, you know what? We need to start having these conversations. Like, let's do this. Like I'm doing it. Brian, you're going to do this part. I'm going to do this part. Like, boom, you know? So yeah, yeah. that's good advice. It did. It does help. It does help. And I still to this day and for them too, because they're, they're not having to look at you in the eye. They're not feeling like, yeah, it's just easier. Yeah. Like a buffer. We need to go on a car trip, five hour car trip, guys. Yeah, I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't want to go. I'm car sick. Oh God. Okay. So to end this up, I let me just say thank you so much for talking about what you've talked about. I mean, I feel like I need to go write all this stuff down because it's I know a lot of people this will help a lot of people what you guys have been saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but also to end this this episode, I want to talk about what it's like to be married and run a business. Um, we don't have to, you know, have a fight about it or anything. I'm just kidding. Um, but just like what has helped you to be successful and running a business together. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you go first on this? Oh Yeah. Let the mama, Angie mama go. Um, well, we went through different phases of it because we didn't used to be in the same room together. My desk is right behind this thing here. Well, I right. can't hear on the audio, but it's, a it's tarp. right behind the screen. So fake um, book tarp thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that because before when we were in the office together, 
he was in his office doing therapy. I was next door. So I had my own space, you know, now Mm -hmm. it's, it's easier and harder. Like we work out of our home now. And, you know, I had to, I had to get these big noise canceling headphones. Oh yeah. Those are nice. I couldn't like, I, he's just loud. And sometimes he would be like, (laughs) is he, is he? Yeah. He's loud. And, and then I would turn the music on. This is my love. I would turn the music on to drown him out. And he'd start whistling. <laughs> and he'd start tapping his foot. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to lose it. So I literally like got the most expensive noise canceling head. I can't hear anything now. Like I just like tune out. You're like wearing them everywhere now. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. So, but that's just a small part of it. I think at the end of the day, we both know that we're on the same team. You know, mm-hmm. we want to help people. We want to be good employers. Um, you and know, you, you are, to, yes. You guys are very, yeah, we try. We've worked for a lot of crappy employers. <laughs> We've had yeah. a lot of crappy jobs yeah. and we both are extremely hard workers when we want to, when I want to be, sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so tired. But well, we all when I really put it on, I'm a hard worker. And I think mm-hmm. that helps us, you know, we both have the same kind of like work drive, you know, but it is hard, you know, when you're married and you go on a date, it's like, that's, what I was going to ask. How like, do you separate? You have to stop talking about business. I had this really bad habit for a while where we like <sighs> laying down to go to bed <laughs> and I would be like, what do you think we should do about this? You know, should we call our attorney? I mean, like heavy stuff, you know, about employees or count just something. And then you can't go to sleep and we're sitting there stressed out, like talking about it. And Kevin's like, why did you bring that up right before we went to bed? Like now I'm just going to sit here and think about it. Right. You know, it's, it's hard, but you know, I think we do a pretty good job. I and mean, we've had some pretty gnarly fights over working together. We've had a handful of fights, like in front of, you know, people, director meetings, you know, well, she calls them fights, but they're not fights. They're just like kind of snarky, you know, or disagreements. Like I know one time, like we were disagreeing. I was like, is it okay if I talk? Can I just talk for a second? You know, it, it, that to me, it's not a, yeah, yeah, it's not a fight. Yeah. Like we're always, we always end up on the same team, but there's just been times where, um, think uh one of the things that you know angie brings to the table is is that she can tell you the worst possible scenario of any situation for better for worse right and then i can tell you the best possible opportunity for any situation Mm -hmm. and so this is this we're going into every business decision with these two dynamics Mm -hmm. going on every hire Everything. Every interview, Kevin would be like, I love them. And I'm like, are you kidding? I already Googled her. She has a criminal record. I mean, it was just like, <laughs> so, I mean, that literally happened. Remember that? It happened. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm always just like, he's like the planner and the visionary and the dreamer. And I'm like over here, like, okay, how are we going to do these taxes? And how are we going to do and it's all the details that I'm like, you know, we're very different business owners, very different personalities, but I think we're so opposite that we, we do work well together. Um, and we've been pretty successful because we are so different that we just carry different skill sets. So, and have learned to appreciate it in pretty much a short amount of time, really. I mean, three years and you're cruising. Yeah. three. You know, 19, 20, 21, well, 18. Yeah. Uh 
Yeah, 2018. I mean, yeah, we're uh, I think we're a really good team. And um, one of the I think we've got some milestones, too, which I think are really fun. I mean, when you if if you can work with your husband and wife and everything, it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, the the the, um, the you have a relationship together. So there's an incredible amount of synergy there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not letting that that become the relationship. Yeah. You know, and that's really in the heart. I mean, it, because we're both really into this bright way. I mean, we're into this. And mm-hmm. so it's always on our mind and being business owners, you're, you know, you're, you're always on your, it's always on your mind. So it's on her mind. It's on my mind. Well, it's your, it's your baby basically in your heart and your heart's yeah. intention. It's not a bad, it's not a bad intention. Mm-hmm. Right. To have Definitely, that. Not. Definitely not a bad intention. Um, and uh, so you know, there's there, if you can make it work, it's just uh, an incredible um, building block for the business. But um, uh, yeah, it's, I think I'd say, you know, we go out on dates. It's something that we have to consciously set aside. And usually you, you, you just want to talk about work or you end up talking about work or one of them gets the other one started. Mm-hmm. And then you have to say, all right, we're not going to talk about work. And then for like a half an hour to an hour, all you think about is work. Right. You don't say anything, <laughs> you know, and then it finally goes away. And then, you know, it's like 1030 at night and now you're having a date, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's really, those are the challenging things that are about it, but I love, I love the, we've got such really some, some highlights. Um, one of the, one of the things that I that we we would say early on, this was a guiding principle in our hmm. decisions. Is he would say that this is I what know I, what you're going to say? Yeah, this is what I would say because I would I would throw something out there, and um, and I would really and and she was she, I'd be like no no, and I said look if this isn't God we're fucked anyways. So <laughs> let's just do it. Does it sound like me? Yeah. <laughs> I was like. Well, okay. Um, we had our asses hanging out so far out there. It's like, <laughs> I mean, really? You know, I mean, and, uh, and like you said earlier, doors just. I, I remember you walking out of a building because you were showing me like the second one or whatever. And you had this like, you were locking up the doors of it. And you're like, because you were showing me this place. I was like, wow, that's really cool, Kev. And you like look down and you're like, yeah, I hope it lasts <laughs> like that. What door was he locking? What okay. It was the, oh, it was the one that, ben or the one it, was bend. Oh, it was so Bend. Oh, Bend. But it was the second building. It was like you were doing the two buildings connected kind of. Yeah. Two buildings. Yeah. yeah. You were like, sh- lock it up. Yeah. Hope it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, this has definitely last. been a, a. But doors uh, and yeah. lessons and so many things have like opened up for us that like, just learning about being business owners and like learning employee stuff that we had that we changed policies and like so many things that happened that could have been so much worse. And we were able to pivot, change it, make it better. You know, it did seem, and doors were opening, you know, it, so many, we got to experience that together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were, God, I mean, we just stared at each other. I mean, it, just it's so like the bend office, this thing just drops in our lap. It's 23. Yeah. I mean, it's the, um, um, yeah. It, and, and there's also a lot of times where we would just be, um, in a deadlock disagreement mm-hmm. and, um, and we've had these, you know, these conversations of like, I don't know, 
you know, if, if, if there's like one or two times where you said, if you do that, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to put so much strain mm-hmm. on our relationship. And you mean and, like you were saying your marriage wouldn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, um, and then it was like, wow, I, you know, I really need to like, you know, I, I need to do a better job of understanding her bandwidth, you know? And so it's, it's helped our relationship out just like understanding each other more. And, um, and I, I'm, I just, I feel like it's given me an opportunity to, to really know her more, Mm. you know, and I like her, you know? Yeah. I mean, just like, I remember one of those instances where we opened up our mattress office, which was our second office. Um, And it was right before like during when Kevin had worked so hard that he was burning out his adrenal gland gland, Mm -hmm. tired all the time. And he, we had no help at the time. So like if we opened an office, it was Kevin, Kevin had to put seven desks together, seven chairs together, hang up all the stuff. And I remember being out there and I came out to help and I was like, I don't, I can't do this. Like, you know, I already worked. I drove out to Madras with Avery. I mean, it was just like, you know, Kevin is just like, flooring it like he just does everything 1000 percent. and i remember driving off like pissed off i'm like i'm not doing this anymore he can set up the office like i can't keep going at this pace i'm gonna lose it mm-hmm. and i think after that mm-hmm. you maybe slowed down a little bit or you we got help i don't remember we but started to go into the naturopath that helped that too but well, we got people to help us yeah so like and- it's so much more valuable to pay someone right. to do this rather than like his health was declining. And I just got resentful because I was like, okay, well, he's just going to spend all this time setting up an office and Avery and I'll just go home and be by ourselves. You know, it was just, it was, it, sometimes it felt like, you know, work was more important. And those were the times where, where I had a hard time, but that hasn't happened in a long time. Well, what would happen, those conversations, and that was where it was really important for me to not let our relationship live in that mm-hmm. it was all right what do you need what do, what do you need to feel better mm-hmm. about the situation and ultimately that would lead to a better solution mm-hmm. you know and uh, that's how we brought in melissa it's like what do you need right now i need a rock star to take this over you know and then so ultimately like her kind of her her you know kind of her being at the end of her rope was me coming to her and saying oh what do we need for you to feel better and that continues to happen. You know, it just kind of led us down a path, you know, and uh, it's been good for me too. She's been a stop, stop gap. So our relationship in a sense, um, working on our relationship um, and making sure that it's healthy has benefited our business. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I, I've actually been in meetings, you know, they, they bring stuff to me and say, I want me to do this. Hey, right now, my number one goal is to to make sure my marriage is okay. So, oh, yeah. you know, I don't think I can do that right now. <laughs> you know, and uh, I'd, they'd be joking, you know, but I, I'm like dead serious. I'm working yeah. on, you know, I need to make sure that she and I are good, yeah. you know, and, uh, and that wasn't a passive aggressive thing. It was, a, it was just like, it was the truth. Yeah. yeah. We were under an immense amount of pressure. I remember one time we were having an agreement at the office and the door was shut. Like a disagreement? <laughs> You're having a disagreement overloaded, stressed out. It was at the old office. And, um, one of the staff people that must've overheard us was like, Hey, do you think Angie might need some help you know, around the <laughs> office? Like, do you think you maybe should hire someone to help her? Cause she seems really stressed out. And it was like, okay. Yeah. Give that girl a raise. Right. Yeah. I didn't need a raise. I needed like, no, I mean that woman who said something, 
Oh, was yes. a guy. It was a guy. Oh, it was a he's guy. Also, he's also the same guy who's come back. Hey, do you have a stamp I can have? <laughs> you know, I was like, what? <laughs> do you have a pen? <laughs> no, he was a nice guy. Yeah, he was. He was, he was, <laughs> but, um, he, was he was very, he was trying to help, you know, and um, yeah, but we, we work pretty well together. I think people like our camaraderie and yeah, we're connected like and, you know, they like our story and, you know, that, you know, we like to help people and, and it's a lot of fun where you guys are a lot of activities you guys do like you emphasize self-care um, we have a self-care challenge we have care of yourself um, yeah we give them each team money every quarter to go do something fun not work related we have um like an annual party um winter nalia which we may be changing a little bit down the road but um that's been really fun a really good idea for that by the way okay well don't bring it up now <laughs> Uh-oh, can of worms just opened. Stresses me out. And I even had an assistant plan the whole thing this time. I'm still get stressed out. Well, you got a whole year. You got a whole year. It's Actually, not a year. it's not 10 months. Okay, never mind. Three months. Two months. You know, why why worry about later when you can worry about it now? Yeah, that's my motto. <laughs> such always worry about it now because oh my god because who's gonna worry about it if you don't worry about it right exactly <laughs> oh you guys well just i could say so many things and i want to just i could just go on and on about how amazing you two are and watching being a front row seat to what you guys have created and what has happened and your hearts behind your home life and also your work life and there's people around you like us and just your family and everything. Um, I just hope you guys feel really proud and, you know, just of what, how far you guys have come. I know I'm proud and Kev, you coming on here for that, uh, telling us your journey in that two-part episode last week. And then leading up to this point and Angie coming on, I just really thank you for taking the time to, tell us what we need to know, tell us all the things. And, um, anyway, just thank you for coming on. Huh. Thanks for having us. Yes. And this topical life, we will see you when we see you take care. Except for <laughs> Where's the stop? I can't find a stop. Okay.